Today's tea is on the future of creativity and storytelling with one of my dearest friends, Aya Kahana Nui. Ooh, today is a deep one. I feel like every single episode is deep. <laughs> Everyone's probably got to replenish after these episodes, but the truth is these conversations need to happen. It is my purpose to create a space where women can have these kinds of conversations that often are happening in private. We talk a lot about getting into our body and being in our feminine and what it means to honor that we are creators. As women, we create. It is our most primal way of being. And we're very disconnected and detached from our creator energy. We don't know or we have forgotten how powerful we are. We can bring anything into this world. And we are here now to create and to truly redefine a lot of different systems and ways of being and ways of living. And a lot of what Aya talks about as a creator herself is what are actions and rituals we can take to start to embody our creator energy. Aya is the founder and creative innovator of Lehman Creative. She was a screenwriter, actually, and a film lover. And she creates magic truly with her one-on-one -on -one clients. I am now one of them proudly. <laughs> and she provides a lot of you know, consulting on the creative side, especially when it comes to, in her experience, funded startups and e-commerce brands who really dream of emotionally connecting with their customers or their members, and also to continue attracting audiences that are aligned with their mission and their offerings to scale and build relationships that are more based on lifetime value and loyalty. She is a visual storytelling strategist, and she absolutely focuses a lot on, from a creative and storytelling perspective, the heart and mind coherence for brands, how to connect with a human from a heart and mind perspective. And she inspires brands and the people she works with to leave their mark. A little bit more about Lehman Creative. So... Aya owns a full-service creative production agency and really prides herself and her team on representing these brands, especially brands that are heart-aligned or heart-centered and can really work on a lot of different things for you, but most importantly, help you determine and develop your visual storytelling and your brand voice ultimately, which is really what makes people come back to your brand. And I think, you know, I've always been a lover of branding and I feel that Aya approaches everything from a deeply creative, feminine, spiritual place. And it's really beautiful to witness someone anchoring this down, grounding this for brands that can really affect people in their daily lives, whether it's bringing a little bit of joy or offering something that makes their lives more easier and efficient. I hope today's episode, you stay with us as we go deep. I hope that you are given more permission to be more vulnerable because the truth is our creator energy, our feminine energy at its core is about vulnerability. 
Do you feel safe enough to be vulnerable? Do you feel safe enough to create, to let what wants to come through you come through you? And that's what we talk about today. Enjoy it. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. Wow, today is such a special episode. I am honored to welcome Aya Kahana Nui onto the House of Low podcast. Today's conversation is the tea on the future of creativity and storytelling. I was just telling Aya before we recorded, creativity is a huge pillar and part of the mission of House of Low and my mission. And I pray that every woman can continue to tap into her creator energy. And I know today's conversation with Aya, who does this every day and who helps really cultivate and bring creator energy out in so many people and women is going to be incredibly powerful for you. So welcome, Aya. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lo. Thank you so much for having me. Mm, Thank you. I would love for you to just give a quick intro on you, anything that feels good for you that you want to say now about who you are, what you do, anything and what you're up to these days. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you would think after, I don't know how many times I've had to be asked this question. (laughs) It's always one of those things where, and I guess it'll tie in later as we speak, but as a woman, as you know, a really uh, feminine creator, it's kind of difficult to like encapsulate the totality of like who you are sometimes. And I feel like I'm also like a multi-passionate creator. So I have to remind myself to like curtail and like not overwhelm everybody with like all the stuff I just want to spread out. So, I mean, I guess my biggest thing is like, I have just been really coming into the fullness of being in aligned with my genuine purpose. And I have found that working within the discipline of film, art, writing, even just being that conduit for if it's a client of mine or a good dear friend of mine, like yourself, somebody that I can just be that soundboard and that listening ear and that that neutral space that I can be and just, you know, hold that light for whatever tunnel that person may be facing. It's kind of how I consider myself. I am very woo-woo. You'll probably come to find. Oh, we love woo-woo. Um, <laughs> love woo-woo here. <laughs> okay, great. So perfect. I mean, of course, I never doubted that for a second. But yeah, but also there's like, a, there's the analytical side of me. I am very grounded in logic. I believe in virtue, righteousness, universal truths. I don't really believe there's like a ton of gray area when it comes to things like morals and ethics and standards. And so I am very much in tune with like also leveraging our gifts and our creativity for us to live how house of low speaks about a lot is like the life of our dreams and living fully abundant and being creative is one of the best vehicles I have found to be profitable and I think that women we need to unlock a lot of that that's hidden in us and that is kind of really what I'm here to do oh so beautiful and I I love every single thing you do I am such a believer in your mission and 
it feels like you're stepping into an even bigger part of your calling and purpose when it comes to speaking on creativity and what it really means to nurture and cultivate creator energy, not just, oh, I'm going to paint or, oh, I'm going to launch a podcast, but to actually, especially as women view ourselves as creators. And that's why today I want to talk a lot about that and also talk about storytelling in general. To kick off, the question I ask everybody that comes on for these episodes is, what does it mean to come home to you? And I'm curious what it means for you. For me, what does it mean to come home to me? It's interesting because I was working with a mentor of mine some years ago when I was going through some personal battles, which I'm a firm believer in like our internal reflects of the external. So coming home to me is really cleaning up the parts that are affecting you in the background, kind of like on like our our mobile devices, right? Or like our computer, like right now I'm on my MacBook. And it's like, if I don't clean up all the files on the desk, it's going to affect the functionality of the machine that I'm using right now to create my work and whatever I'm doing on it. So I feel like that is a big part of coming home to me, like cleaning up like the parts that are powerful, that are definitely operating and are part of our internal operating system, as I call it. So that way we can actually show up as our best. So like when your home is in order, like when you are balanced, like when you are in center with yourself, like you can't not help but manifest greatness on the outside of you because the home part of you has been taken care of. Mm. Wow. I've never heard it put that way before. And that is, wow. I'm just feeling into that right now. That is extremely (laughs) guided and like, channeled through like that was wild I don't know I just you know it's like viewing our vessel as the home that we move through the world in first and foremost so many women are tormented by the vessel they were given our bodies you know Mm -hmm. and it's not just the physical body but the spiritual body the mental body the emotional body right it's all one but ultimately our soul I feel is constantly bringing us back to that we are the home within us first before we could ever create outside of us or whatever. And I think it's so integrated with this conversation around creativity. So thank you for taking us there real deep, real quick. That's how I like it. Thank you. That's why we love each other. Thank you. (laughs) So let's talk about creator energy and where it comes from for women and how we can cultivate it more. Well, I will say this. We've had several conversations even off camera or just like in our interpersonal connections that we've had. But as women, especially and you know, the age of Aquarius or the great awakening, all the all the, the words we're hearing uh, right now, and all of them are very true and very valid. And I just believe in just aligning yourself with whatever you feel called with. I don't think there's like one right or wrong way to go about it. But I think a lot of women have felt and have been feeling very intense now on an intrinsic level that we have been very hyper-masculine in our endeavors, in our thought processes, in our, just the way that we go about thinking about solving a problem, really. I spoke about briefly earlier that, you know, a big part of me is like, I like to be balanced. I like to have like logic and reason, but I feel like if you're always operating in that sense all the time, there's no space to allow the feminine to come in because Women manifest in the flow. 
Like we manifest like at rest, we manifest at ease. We manifest when we're being versus doing. And I think a lot of women have got caught up in, I need to do, 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 do. And I have to overdo and outdo and updo. And then it's like, a lot of times you feel like, gosh, like my cup is completely depleted and I don't know why I feel so tired and my skin is dry and I haven't drank water really properly for the past week or two. And my hair is thinning and my nails are brittle. And it's like all the things that we like neglect because we are in the pursuit of, when in reality, if we slow down, we actually get there faster. Yep. And so that's where I would say. I mean, first of all, I had like full body chills when you said women manifest in the flow. That is a truth bomb, as I like to call them. We have lost how to be in flow because in my experience and in most conversations I have with most women, we do not trust enough to surrender. We don't feel safe enough to even let our creativity come to the surface. We're almost afraid of it. It's rooted in a lot of the wild feminine and it's rooted in a lot of the parts of us that have been silenced by society. And we just don't feel safe in our creativity, I think often. So a lot of what it feels like you're talking about is finding ways to reconnect back with our raw, primal, sacred creator energy, which is rooted in feminine energy. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, it's even making me think about, I've been rereading this, one of my favorite books, Psycho-Cybernetics by mm. Maxwell Maltz. And there's a passage in there is talking about, there's like this false sense of like inferiority complex. Mm. And I think a lot of women, we have it because, you know, we think again, the comparison trap, right? Like, and you think like you are an inferior fill in the blank, like whatever the skill set is, you're an inferior PR expert or a concert pianist or whatever. It's like, I play the piano but I can't compare myself to somebody who's in Carnegie Hall. Like that doesn't make any sense, but that doesn't mean that I'm an inferior human being. And I think that's where a lot of the misaligned energy flows or it's being directed towards, I should say, because you're feeling like, well, I have to outdo, I have to like overcome this inferior, but it's like, no, because you're not inferior. Like the skill set, yeah, everybody's going to be, skilled in certain levels, that's fine, but that doesn't make you less than, it's not detracting from you. And that's really why collaborations happen. Like, Lo, like you're amazing at stuff that I'm not. And it works in tandem. Like you're better with your left, I'm better with my right and vice versa. And I think that's where the magic happens because we have to have people that can fill those spaces and those gaps. So that way we can all come together collectively and achieve greatness as a team. Oh, Thank you for saying that. And that actually brings me to a question I was going to ask a lot later, but let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about how abundance mindset and consciousness applies to creativity. You know, the way I think about abundance when it comes to creativity is like, there's an abundance of ideas, right? We can never run out of ideas and inspiration and innovation, right? And I think sometimes a lot of what we have to do is cultivate that trust that self-trust to create and to just be in that messy, chaotic, playful place that creativity is really born from. And to not always be looking at every creative thing or ritual as like, oh, I got to figure out a money-making idea out of this. Because I think with creativity, it's very unpredictable and extremely fluid. And a lot of times it happens when we're not doing anything related to work. So 
I want to connect this with the feminine energy too, but talk to me about how abundance mindset applies to creator energy and creativity and, and how it maybe connects the dots or cultivates it in a way for women. Yeah. So the abundance mindset, creator energy, and especially how it can be amplified through the feminine, through women. This is making me think about, there's an actual specific scientific term that escapes me at the moment, but the way that I have processed it for me to understand is called like mother nature brain. And it's basically where you spend time in nature. So I want to drive one pin here briefly is that when you go in nature, look at the abundance that's in nature, like walk around your neighborhood, like say one of your neighbors has like a pebble garden or something. Are you really looking at every single pebble that's in their garden? Would you really count that? Like, look how abundant like their beautiful landscape is. Look at the the abundance of the grass. Look at the abundance of the leaves and the trees. Look at the abundance of even just like dirt, like the dirt that grows our food, that nourishes our bodies. Like nobody's going out to the ocean to count the actual grains of sand. Look how much abundance is revealed in you just through nature. Wow. That is a direct connection to abundance. It truly is nature. And a lot of times specifically, and this this is applicable to men too, but I think when women get in nature, we can't help but almost like discover our primal selves and also be very relaxed. I think nature relaxes us in a way where creativity can just come to the surface that it can't in other environments. Is that fair to say? And is there even a time you could talk to us about where you were in nature and you felt like the veil lifted or you had a really amazing idea? And is, is there anything that comes to mind? Yeah, definitely. Just to kind of piggyback on earlier, what I said, what I called mother nature brain, it's actually scientifically proven that the more time you spend in nature and you remove yourself from like the part of your brain that's trying to actively figure out a problem or actively create like a task on your project or whatever you have on your plate on your to-do list for the day, it frees up the space in that department when you're in nature because your brain has switched over to where you're more in a receptive, free-flowing state. And that allows your uh, your brain that is still doing the work, like that very technical work, it's still there, but now it can work itself out mm-hmm. where you don't have to tire yourself out so much. Yeah. So for me, yeah, I go for a walk. That's like the biggest thing I'll do. I'll go for a walk, I'll go for a hike or go for a swim because when you're in those type of just very rhythmic, but just very soothing type of being in motion, how you say, I love how one of your episodes, you said being in motion versus exercise. I love that because you're right. When we are in motion and we're in flow and we're allowing the parts of our brain to rest, like the technical part to rest. And that way, the other part of our creative mind can grow and expand and receive when we're not trying to like have this amazing, like, even if it's a pressing problem, because like sometimes we do face, you know, hurdles and it's fine. But have you noticed like the more you try to push through something, the more you try to force something, the more you try to like, get this person to answer the phone or whatever, or chase this client down or want this person to be a part of your thing. It's like, it doesn't work because you're trying to force it. And that's the part that being in nature and for me, especially, and then going for walks and going for hikes really helps to unlock a lot of that and clear up all the clutter. Sometimes like, I mean, our brains just naturally want to overcomplicate things. Like our brains are so intelligent, but they're also kind of, I mean, they're primitive. Like they're still very programmed things in our brains as humans, as our internal operating systems, as as long as we're human, it's not going anywhere. So it's better to work with it 
Like let it flow downstream. Stop trying to like swim upstream and then wonder why, you know, you're getting frustrated. Oof, mic drop. Yes. And also trusting that, you know, because we're believers in synchronicity, right? Trusting Mm -hmm. that the right and right is even the wrong word, but trusting that the idea that is divinely guided for you in that moment will come. And even if you forget it, it'll come back around when it's time. I think like putting structure to creativity, it literally negates it. It's like it just disintegrates into thin air. Structure and creativity do not go together. Structure Mm -hmm. is the masculine, creativity is the feminine. I always say, like I was on Scout's podcast and we were talking about this, where it's like the feminine, it feels like is the seed, right? Mm -hmm. And the feminine is where everything starts and and gets created. And then the masculine energy carries it out, whether it gets executed or it nurtures that seed, right? Or it starts to actually structure it more or expand it more. But the feminine energy is where everything starts. Yet women are spending 80 to 90% of their energy on masculine ways of being. And it's like, it needs to get like flipped, you know, or more balanced. So do you feel that? Like, what's your thoughts about somebody who's listening that is creative, but doesn't know where to start or has ideas, but feels like they're not able to put them into place? Or I don't know, like, what are your thoughts about this whole conversation right now around masculine and feminine energy, specifically for uh, women? Gosh, everything you're saying is just like (laughs) amazing. I would say definitely cultivate a routine of having like your femininity and your creative, like holding space for that as a priority. I know we say things like, you know, I mean, there's been talks, you know, blog posts and even podcasts and courses and products created around like creating a morning ritual or creating Mm -hmm. a morning routine or a nighttime routine, even like on YouTube, you see like, get ready with me or get unready with me, right? Those (laughs) videos we watch, they're important, but I would take it a deeper level and say, okay, but let me cultivate the true essence of who I am. And the biggest thing for me is like, as a woman, as a creative, slow down. That would be the first thing I would say, because again, how I said before, I feel like I'm, I don't want to feel like I'm speaking in in circles or like, I'm just like a broken record, but like getting out of that misaligned energy, again, not saying that masculine energy is bad. I'm definitely not saying that all we need it. We welcome it. We love it. We want it. But you said it has to be balanced. The pendulum has to, you know, swing and it has to come back to center. And I feel like the biggest thing would be like, well, I guess for me, I'll share what I do is like, cultivating my routine is like taking a bath in the morning versus a shower because like when you take a bath you can't help but slow down like there is no rush and hurry up and shave real quick and miss a couple spots you have like patches on your leg because you're you're rushing so taking a bath drinking tea listening to lo-fi or meditative music you know lighting an incense not again not being all woo-woo I'm not telling like exactly like Well, I mean, I'm sharing what I do, but I'm saying find something that is soothing to you. Find the things that bring you joy, that bring you calmness and peace. That would be the biggest thing. I also believe that we are what we eat. So I personally am, you know, plant-based, you know, more alkaline. I do believe that what we put in our bodies, a lot of this was just amazing at your event, Lo, when I met Perla with her beautiful, oh my gosh, she's just amazing. If you're listening, oh my gosh, Perla, I love you. You are amazing. Um, You you are gifted (laughs) beyond measure. So food, nourishing, healthy, sustainable brain, energizing, brain nourishing food is so important as a creative, especially as a woman too, especially because like 
most of our body is water. I mean, for men and women, but most of our body is water and we have to like really take care of our vessels. So drinking water, being hydrated, slowing down, eating the right food. I, for one, do fast. I believe in fasting. That helps me as well. So I do detox fast and then getting in motion. How I spoke briefly before getting out in nature, get your body in motion. And this is one thing too, that's kind of like a little bit of personal, but listening to like, evoking and emotive music yes and this is not to be just oh feel good or you know like in the mood music and this is like me my personal opinion or my personal process of it where it's like go through the motion of whatever you're going through and if you have to utilize a tool like music to help you do it do it so if you're going through a heartbreak blast that Celine Dion or Mariah Carey ballad and get it out I don't care if you have to cry yourself into hysterics do what you have to do to get it out. Like don't run from it. Don't hide from it because you're creating like a blockage that you're going to have to face later on down the line. It's just what it is. And I'll be a little bit vulnerable myself. Like we spoke about this earlier, but like I'm going through a really painful heartbreak right now. Yes. And it sucks, but it's real. And I could run from it. I could try to act like it's not real. I could sweep it under the rug, but it's going to come up. And if I don't face it head on, which I think is just the best way to deal with things in life anyway. I mean, really, if you're not, you can't be vulnerable and honest with yourself. You definitely can't show up and be at your best on the creative battlefield as it's called, because there's like this renewed refresh energy that comes when you overcome something. And when you're not running from the battle within that goddess warrior, as I always say, is like, it's bound to just naturally innately show up right at the right time that you need her to show up for you. Thank you so much for your vulnerability. Thank you for those rituals and everything you just dropped. I can't wait to re-listen and write every single thing down because I'm going to do every single thing. Some (laughs) of it I already do. I want to talk and meet you right at your vulnerability with my own about processing heartbreak and emotions. Men need to do this too. So if you are a man listening, you really need to do it because you don't process anything. Women are having conversations like this all the time. You have none. You have no friends you talk <laughs> about this stuff with. I know it because I hear it from yeah, all the time. Yeah. They talk to women about it. So <laughs> right. I pray men can process their emotions more because, and I think women are leading this conversation, right? Which is amazing. So for me, I am stepping into my true creator self right now because I have taken the time in the last two years, by the way, it's not a always a quick process to move through pain and heartbreak and process things that happened. Because the reality is a lot of creativity is born out of those moments. But even to piggyback off of what you said, if we have emotions that are blocked and trapped in our body, and we haven't adequately given ourselves even like the compassion and grace to process them, we will never step into our creator selves. It's just it literally those two things are synonymous, you know, mm-hmm. and it was very painful for me because I've always had these ideas and things I wanted to do, but that was the season and cycle of my life I was in. That doesn't mean that when you're going through a hard time, you're not going to create. It's just that happened to be my journey and I can look back and see it's all clear now, but I just love that you gave women that permission in this moment to say process 
emotions are temporary. They just are. Feelings come and go. You know, we could be flying high one day and then instantaneously have a wave of sadness come out of nowhere when nothing's really wrong. Emotions are, there's a million reasons why they come and go, right? So, and of course, like you referenced, when you're going through something that is really difficult, I think that it's almost in those moments for me, I felt like I met my rawest, most beautiful feminine energy self in those moments. Mm-hmm. And now I, I almost like take pieces of that in more my day to day, right? Not just from the hard times. And I just, I'm so grateful you highlighted that because I wasn't even going to go there. It didn't even occur to me to go there in this conversation, Aya. So thank you. That is the crux of it all. So thank you. Well, thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable. I didn't know if I wanted to share that, but it just came out and I just had to get it out for whoever's listening. Like, and that's my biggest thing too, like vulnerability and honesty with yourself because someone out there needs to, to hear what you have to say, because we've all been there. We've all gone through something and it really feels, it's like when somebody else unlocks their light. And I think it's like, was it Miriam Williamson that has like a quote around this when I'm, I'm kind of just yeah. Briefly saying it, of course, it's like a little bit longer, but it's like when you unlock your light, you give other people unconsciously the permission to do the same. It's so true. It is true. Whether people tell you or not, they are getting the permission. And you were at the event and, you know, I I just, I'm such a believer that the more women are vulnerable, especially with each other, the more we rise and also the more we heal. And also I think the more creative we get, you know, like even now recording this podcast, I have this candle lit and to speak a little bit on those rituals you talked about, like, like you said, it doesn't have to be all spiritual. It can be if you love it because we love it, but fine. It can just be literally like me lighting this candle signals to my brain, chill, chill out, (laughs) you know? And, but if I had like a big cup of coffee here and like bright lights on, I would not be chill. Okay. <laughs> I, I have my, can- I, I have I have my candle too. <laughs> I had that for about seven hours today. So we're fine. But you know, those things you talked about, you literally can't help, but just relax. And all of a sudden you're just in your feminine and it kind of just happens. And you're like, oh, wow. I feel like I want to go, I don't know, create something or be in nature or whatever it is. So I love that you said like consciously creating those things in your day-to-day life so that you're cultivating and nurturing a creative way of being, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to compartmentalize creativity where I just do it on Saturdays. You know, it's like, no, like it needs to get integrated into our lives regularly. So it becomes a practice. I think, Do you agree with that? I completely agree, Lo. That is the best way I would say it. Definitely. It's a practice. It's a cultivation. It's just always being in a receptive and open mind. Like, I mean, like even like femininity, like, I mean, well, I want to be like uh, crass here, but I mean, you th- look at the female anatomy, like we're designed to receive. I mean, yeah. we have to, like we're receivers, like we give yeah. birth through our birth canal. I'm a mom, so I yeah. guess for me, it's a little bit different. I don't yes. know that way, but- we Celebrate you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like having your mind always open and yeah. just ready for whatever it may be. And that can happen at any moment in time, but and just being in position to be able to, be aware of that. And like you said, not compartmentalizing and not being like, okay, like I know typically like if you work like a nine to five and I used to work in corporate America too. So we kind of got in that where it's like nine to five, you're productive nine to five, your creativity or whatever your task and duties were, you had a time and a space and a place to do that. And then when you went home, you did whatever else. So I think there's a lot of that, like maybe like a little bit of like 
unlearning or unprogramming, I guess, maybe even if you will, if you are transitioning from like a very stringent, strict work environment, and now you're on your own, be it a freelancer or you're founding your own agency. I think there's probably a lot of space and work in that capacity. Mm, Couldn't agree more. Let's touch on the art of receiving, as I like to call it. <laughs> because boy, women are having a moment where right now where they're like, oh, I'm not great at receiving. And let me just define what we mean by that. So that is feminine energy, receiving. Receiving means feeling safe enough to ask for help, to ask for support, feeling safe enough to be vulnerable like we just were. Feeling safe enough to receive is the bedrock of creativity. And I'm witnessing in a lot of conversations right now, it's like, (laughs) it's such a huge theme where women are having to relearn what it means to receive. And this directly correlates to the fact that we have been in hyper masculine energy for a long time. And obviously that cycle is breaking now because we wouldn't even be talking about this if the cycle wasn't breaking. I mean, myself included, every friend I have, Every woman I talk to, it's the most difficult thing to like relearn it. And I would love to get your take on that and also get your take on how that really, that creativity is like you're receiving the ideas, you know, and whether you're spiritual or not, it's like you're creating the space, like you said, to receive the ideas or to let them come through and flow through you. So talk to me about receiving and how women can sort of relearn that and tap into that way of being consciousness to become more creative. Yeah, I love this. What's coming up to me now as you were speaking was collaborations and Uh connecting the dots and allowing the gap to be filled. And I think a lot of it starts off with mapping out a plan that you want to do and only aligning your energy and yourself to be focused on that. And like you said, trusting that whatever else may be missing is going to be filled. And again, that goes back into, for one, having good boundaries, saying no to things that just don't align. I mean, like I've had extensive experience working, even like when I worked in the entertainment or like creative agency space where clients can sometimes can be very demanding, but it's like, if you're trying to overdo something or you're taking on something that you know, you just don't really have the bandwidth for or the resources or you underbid the project or whatever. And then it's like, why did we say yes to this? Like it's, this isn't helping them. It's not helping us. Neither of us are happy right now, but we're doing it just because we just didn't have a clear boundary or we just didn't manage expectations. And because of lack, a lot of it too, because you feel like, oh, well, if I say no, then they're going to cancel and they're going to pull out. And it's like, we can't think that way. So if we're going to be receiving, we have to allow the spaces and gaps to be open so that they can be filled by the right opportunities and the right people. Oof, that is it. That is the key that unlocks the receiving challenge women have. (laughs) I have nothing to say to that. It's 100% (laughs) the truth. And that sort of leads me into the next piece of this conversation, which is storytelling. You know, storytelling is a piece of creativity, right? It's not the whole aspect of it, but it's storytelling to me is what we're in right now, where we're going. There's good storytelling. There's bad storytelling. There's a lot of fake storytelling happening right now. And a lot of just like, I think people are not feeling the permission to be their authentic selves and sort of like fitting themselves into pre-curated stories, right? We see this in content. There's just like a lot of repetitive content, in my opinion. I've also been working in social media for so long that I'm just like, 
there's a lot of people that also, along with me, are craving different stories from people that have not had the spotlight, right? Whether it's marginalized people or different, like we're entering this space where I think the old stories are dying. There's not like a specific story that I'm talking about, but I think there has been a repetitive narrative in our culture for a long time that is being like broken wide open, right? I would love for you to talk about, because you live and breathe this every day and you help people figure out their story and how to story tell, right? Related to their mission or whatever they're doing. I'm going to start first with this question. What do you think is the future of storytelling, period? Like, where are we moving towards? Everything you were saying was bringing up so much in my mind. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, the two things, definitely honesty, vulnerability. Yep. And then I would see even like speaking from the heart. Yeah. It does really what it is. Yeah. It does feel there's still a lot of people that are very afraid to do that. Right. But it feels like it's moving in that. I'm so with you on that. And vulnerability doesn't look so clean and clean cut storyboards. No, it doesn't. It looks like this, you know, it looks like what we're doing right now together. And I just love that you took it there. So how do we storytell better? What does it mean to embody storytelling as part of our creativity? Well, you touched on it earlier, but it's just so powerful and it's just so true. It's just like returning to that ancient and primitive nature that just comprises the human experience. Like, I think, like you said earlier, working in social media or working in, well, yeah, social, digital, any type of front facing client type of content, it's just so much noise out there. And like, you're right. Like it's getting back to, like I said, when I spoke about honesty and vulnerabilities, because we're cutting through all that noise now, you know, there's such a thing as, you know, the rise of the conscious consumer, but I believe Harvard Business Review published an article upon, I actually have a podcast episode about it. And I spoke about it a lot because that's really the future storytelling for me. It's like the honesty, that vulnerability, getting back to actually wanting to fill someone's cup with your story versus mm-hmm. taking away, like not just vying for their attention to get a quick like and a quick fix and a quick dopamine hit. But are you actually here to give and to pour and to actually be a value add and to actually contribute to this human's experience to their life? Like, yes, they're your client. Yes, they are your customer. Yes, they came to you for a product or a service, but did they leave with the thoughts of like, that was a wise usage of my time. Like, did they leave feeling fulfilled? Did they really leave feeling like I want to become a better person? And I know that sounds like, okay, I are like going off in the deep in here. It's not that serious, but I think it is. It is. It is. Thank you for saying that. First of all, this is the movement we're in right now. I know there's people that roll their eyes, like step into your calling. Ha ha. It's like, no, but really though, <laughs> I mean, we're all here for a purpose. You know, it's like, the famous Jay-Z line, I'm clear why I'm here. How about you? You know, and I just cannot express this enough and I will be a broken record. We are here for a purpose. Every single individual human has gifts. And I think a lot of our lifetime is figuring out the gifts. It can take a long time for some people. Some people, they know it from childhood. A lot of what I've discovered in my own journey is that we know what our gifts are. We just run from them because they're scary. And there isn't a perfectly aligned, like you kind of said, corporate America path. And it is that there's a lot of unknown. And that brings us full circle to the trusting and the journey and surrendering and trusting ourselves to make the right choices and boundaries. And, but I just, 
I do. I, I feel that every human is going to be really challenged from here on out, right? To look at themselves in the mirror and say, what are my gifts? What am I here to do? And when am I going to decide that it's time? You know, because a lot of people, Noray and I talked about this on an episode a little bit ago, just a lot of people are just letting themselves be burned out and cogs in the wheel. And we're not built for that. We're not built for it. We're in these bodies and we go through these experiences and we're meant to birth something into the world, you know? So I just, I love that you brought it there. Do you have anything? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is as women, it kind of ties into the masculine feminine balance that we spoke about earlier was what I call a misuse of confirmation bias. Mm. And if anyone isn't familiar, confirmation bias, just my understanding, but it's just essentially looking for reasons to be right about something. It Mm -hmm. could go either way. Like, and I'll use, I know the word right or wrong, but for me, it's like more virtuous. Like, are you vice or virtuous? Are you righteous? And so not like that can't really be manipulated, good or bad. I mean, that can be misconstrued through whatever perspective, but essentially it's like, you know, you've heard, see those memes, like you see a black Maserati out and then you keep seeing that car. Well, if that car has been on your mind, you're like manifesting, like that's like your dream car, just as an example. Yeah. You're going to keep seeing that car because you put that out there in the energy. And it's like, I'm confirming that that is the experience that I want to have in my next vehicle. Mm. And that could be whatever it is. It could be your dream vacation. It could be your dream marriage. It could be the next business venture you want to embark on. I mean, it could be whatever you want. But when I say the misusage of confirmation biases, we are thinking of stuff that we don't want more than things that we do. And if you think about it, like, when we are using it in the affirmative, that can be scary because we have to be disciplined to do the work. Yes. And that's where I love how you say taking inspired action. And I love how you say that's like the best way I think it could ever be said. I can't even really add on to that. It's just so perfect, but it's using confirmation bias properly, but also being disciplined to do the work, to see through that manifestation that you deserve. Yes. And that comes from trusting our creativity and trusting the ideas that light us up and then taking inspired action from there, you know, and just to define inspired action a little bit more. And thank you for saying that, Aya. It means that you're not just doing, doing, doing without any real guidance or any real like tapping into your soul. Like inspired action means this idea lights me up. I feel called to create this. I'm going to now start to take even just step one to put that out there or to get it in motion. I, I like the word inspired action, get it in motion. I always think about that. It doesn't have to be like steps one through 10. It's like, just take the next best step and trust yourself enough to also know the the next best step, you know? And this leads me into the last piece of this conversation I want to touch on, which is content consumption. I think a lot of people are overloaded with content, right? We're consuming way more than we ever did digital, social content. And I would love for you to talk about, because it's something that's very present in my life right now where I'm I'm consuming way less so I can create, so I can step fully into my calling. I get a lot of inspiration from other people, but and other, you know, content, but I I find myself in order to ever tap into my own creativity or be in those spaces, like you said, where you're cultivating the stillness and the presence, I can't consume other things. <laughs> You know, so I would love for you to touch on content creation versus content consumption and how we can consciously consume so that we can tap into our creator selves. 
I love this question. It's actually twofold for me. So I'm going to start off borrowing from the masculine energy here. The author of the four hour work week, I loved how he said being on a low information diet. Mm -hmm. I have took that and that has been like my theme ever since I read that book. And that's kind of how I navigate things now. I'm like, okay, do I really need to know this right now? Or do I just need to know enough about this? So I have a good working capital that can probably come in, you know, use later down the line, but I don't have to know everything because I've gotten in that too, where I'm like, I got to know everything. It's like, no, I, you don't just know what you need to know and either collaborate with somebody else who is the expert in that or connect the pathways through another divine alignment, but stop trying to just like spend so much time like consuming and thinking you have to just like fill your brain with so much stuff. That's the first part of it. The second part for me in terms of content creation and just kind of knowing, like you said, the consumption of it is I look at content as conversations. It's not really like, what am I creating just to garner someone's attention? But like, what am I invoking in them that I want to emanate long past this experience or past this transaction? That's how I look at stuff. And that's kind of like where when I work with clients, that's the first thing I say is, okay, well, what type of conversations are we actually invoking in your audience here? Like we can create this great video, but what is it actually doing? Like, what is the purpose of this? What are people going to walk away with? What's the feeling that that you want them to receive? What conversation are they having prior that would even have them come your way? And what benefit and what's the value exchange here that you guys can both benefit from? I believe in, there's like this marketing term, it's like lifetime value or LTV. I believe in reciprocal lifetime value. I believe like both people should be receiving. Both people should be getting something out of it. It should be a benefit for both parties. Like yeah, your client came to you, they paid you money, you know, if that was the exchange and then they got your product or your service, but both people should be like life, like time, like it's cyclical or a linear skate even. Like it's not just like a linear thing. It's like, no, we're both sharing in this. Like I come to you for something, I receive something and then the cycle continues. It's like, I really love like a flow of a value, a flow of benefit, a flow of us connecting together and making this thing like work for like all parties involved. Wow, Aya, that was extremely powerful. I never thought of it that way. That is so powerful. I just can't say it enough. Wow. I'm so excited to collaborate with you. I will say it live on the podcast that we are going to collaborate Aya is going to help me storytell way better. <laughs> and I'm so excited. And you are truly living in your calling. You haven't stepped into it. You are living it, embodying it. And this conversation just brought it like full circle for me because we've had these conversations, but never this deep. And I, I just want to honor you for the work that you're doing in the world, the message that you're spreading and the way that you are shifting people's minds and hearts because my heart and mind is shifted from this conversation alone. So I hope that you feel that and know that. And thank you for the work you do. Thank you. That feels really good because for a while, I think I was in the, you want to do something or you're thinking you're doing something and it's like, no, you're doing it. So that really helps to hear that. You really are. And I guess to end, you did give a lot of rituals earlier, but I would love for you to pick three rituals that could really help women listening to tap more into their creator feminine energy and embody more of a storyteller, you know, mindset. What are three that you would offer to women listening to get them started on this path? Yeah. So the first one that I said earlier was take a bath. (laughs) 
I take mine in the morning, preferably if you don't have children like I do, or one child even, <laughs> just because even one can sound like 10 sometimes. <laughs> before they wake up, like literally before the whole house wakes up, like if, if you live alone, obviously it'd be easier, but if you don't have family around you, first thing in the morning before all the stuff tries to get your attention, take a nice, even it's a 20, 30 minute soak, use candles, put all of the essential oils, Epsom salts, like all really make it a nice luxurious experience and breathing and calm, being that calmness in the water and allowing it to just really relax you, relax your muscles, even infuse the water with intentions. Like, you know what, this bath is going to be a bath of X, whatever you want that to be, fill in that gap there. Like I need this energy in this water. I firmly believe in programming water. There was yeah. even like a scientific study. I think it was in Japan that yes. you could speak to water and like it crystallizes and contingent upon the energy that it was infused with. So that'd be one step. Second would be breathing. A lot of us don't breathe properly. Mm-hmm. Breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And one way that I like to do it is a couple, you know, there's different counts that I've heard, but for me, that works for me is just do four. Breathe in for four counts, exhale for four counts. Do that within like a four cycle, like four, 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 which is a cool number. And just helps relax you because a lot of times like we're so quick to like want to react to something or get upset or even if it's warranted, I'm not saying like be a doormat or like let things like happen and not have like that righteous resistance, as I say, but cultivate a mindset of being more calm and relaxed about things and more proactive versus being reactionary. And I feel like a lot of that just ties into just being cultivating the calmness in your mind. Yes. Third would be read more. I think in this day and age where we're all on our screens and I guess this, I'm, it's kind of like a little bit for me too, because I'm like, okay, like I produce videos or like, you know, I storyboard or I create like actual visual things like for clients. So like where I'm actually like getting people's eyeballs to look at stuff, but yeah. I still encourage read. Like I don't own a Kindle, no offense. I don't own like an ebook or e-reader. I don't really like ebooks. I do download them because sometimes like it's just maybe more convenient or for whatever reason it's not available, but I'm the paperback reader. I'm the hardback reader. I still go to the bookstore. I still love finding little libraries around town where I can leave a book and take a book. I love that. Nothing can take away from paper. I love to write in journals, like reading and, and writing like on actual paper with the pen calming your mind down, you're activating a different part of your brain and you're like actually strengthening that pathway when you're detaching from all this electronic digital stuff. Oh, I am a real book, paper book person. I love paper. I love journals. I love pens. Yes. (laughs) All I do, people are always like, there she is with her notebooks. Yep. Yes. There is something about reading a physical book that I feel like it just permeates our being more, you know, and it's tangible and it makes us feel like there's a powerful energy there for sure. So I am right there with you and I can't wait to take a bath tonight and infuse the water with abundance. (laughs) Thank you for that tip. Let people know where they can connect with you and find all the things. And if they're interested in working with you and where they can follow you. Yeah. You can reach me, us, the agency. The website is laymancreativegroup.com. That's pretty much where everything always will be. I have a magic of visual storytelling. It's an on-demand masterclass that is available. I'd love it if you are interested to learn more about this and how you can make it make sense for you and your brand. And if you'd like to you know, set up a time to hop on a call, you can fill out the contact form and then we'll be in touch from that point. 
Oh, Aya, this was one of the most moving conversations I've ever had. And I'm so honored and grateful and I'm honored to know you and call you a friend. So thank you, my darling, for your time, your energy today and for making the time. This is going to impact everyone listening in a very, very powerful way. So thank you. Thank you. This is phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, low.